0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner.
1: Why are they keeping you here?
0: Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. How? For the love of God. You've got everything stacked against the Knolls. Your best defensive player, out. Your best offensive, maybe best player on the team, out. Your starting left tackle, out. You give the ball to Tate Roadmaker. A guy, even a learned gentleman like myself, did not fully believe in. With a deficit at the half. And the Florida State Seminoles somehow figure out a way to battle back in the land of bourbon. And it's appropriate because this game was drunk AF. And they come back and they win 35 to 31. And guys, I'm here. I'm Trey Roland. I'm the Knowles 24 7. We're here at the instant reaction podcast. I've got to do all the uh, the house cleaning because my mind is a scrambled egg. I'm here with Coach AB. I'm here with Kevin Little. Guys, how, how did it happen? Like, what's going on? <laughs>
1: Uh Yeah, so let's go for the good first. Let's, let's talk about the good, Coach A.B. And then we'll talk about what we're well, frustrated with.
0: We'll find about, guys. <coughs> There's going to be plenty of time to figure out how we got there. The first half, the defensive approach, the energy, all that good stuff. We'll, we'll figure out how we got there. And we've got the whole triple, re, triple option film review to figure out how we got there. But, guys, we got to the end with the W. And if you would have told yourself, hey, I'm going to give you Tate Rotamaker, I'm going to spot you seven points, and you have to outscore Louisville for an entire on half road. Yeah. on the road, D- there's no way any I I would not. I'm going to be an honest man. I can't believe it just happened that way. And it <laughs> oh, was not perfect. Oh, by the way, no for Robert Florida Scott. Florida State's 3-0. 3-0 with no Robert Scott.
1: <laughs> no Jared Verse, No oh, Fabian no Jared
0: Verse, No Hope. No th- – th- th- no semblance of reality. We are living in the simulation. We are all just batteries for the machines of the Matrix. Adam, I'm going to let you go, but I'm going to force you to. <laughs> Smart football guys, you're going to be positive for the first couple minutes because we won three and zero, and I did not see it coming at all. Adam, positive me.
2: Yeah, it's tough as hell to win a game on the road, and they went and won a game on the road with everything stacked against them.
0: Everything. Um,
2: yeah, I don't. I don't care about all the. All the X's and O's right now, we're going to get into that in a little bit, but holy crap. I mean, they, they found a way to go win in a tough – what turned out to be a pretty tough environment. It looked like it was going to be dead early, and then they somehow showed up, and you didn't make it easy. But, who I mean, <laughs> it's, it's not easy to go on the road to win football games. I don't care what caliber team you are. We see Alabama struggle to win on the road. Sure. In the SEC, we see Florida State do it. We see all kinds of teams struggle to go into somebody else's house And win, especially on a Friday night at nighttime, you know, with the crowd rocking. It's not easy. And they went and found a way to do it with all the chips stacked against them. So people are going to overlook that. I think they grew up a lot tonight. There's something different about this football team. It's not going to be pretty. We knew that they were going to be winning a lot of, or playing in a lot of one score games, and they're finding ways to win them right now.
0: It wasn't an Irmond Lane type comeback. Like, I, I mean, but my God, I I haven't seen a comeback like that since 2014, right, guys? As as far as like all of the circumstances against you, all of the debilit Think of the worst injury that you could on basically every level of the team. And it all happened here on, on the Louisville drunken pizza guy, Papa John Cardinal Stadium, which is clearly like buried on some sort of like ancient gypsy burial ground because the bad vibes permeating from that turf. I've never seen anything like it from an injury standpoint and they okay. came back and won. Kevin, we will go through the game chronologically. But my God, feed me some emotion. And how are you feeling right now? And guess what? As the as the leader and one of the seven founding members of the Tate Hive, do you feel vindicated?
1: I don't know if that's warranted um, to say <laughs> that I have been a big supporter of Tate Rotomaker. Um, You've been bigger you know-
0: than everyone else I've ever talked to.
1: I've said that he makes baffling decisions, which we saw in the first half. I said, the kid's going to throw some stupid picks, but if you let him have a chance to settle in the game, the kid can throw the freaking football. The kid can make some throws that no one else on this roster can make. And that that touchdown to Johnny Wilson, the, the fade in the back of the end zone. Oh,
0: Johnny Wilson. My goodness. What a game yeah, he we'll, had.
1: We'll talk about that guy. But that fade to Johnny Wilson, that was a freaking NFL-level throw. That's not something you're getting with most quarterbacks in college. Now, is he a complete product? Is he someone that you want to keep trotting out there consistently? No, but is he someone that I said from the beginning you can kind of trust to be a backup once he gets settled in because the upside to Tate Rotemaker is high, and you got to see a little bit of both. You got to see his low, which everybody knows about him, but you also got to see that high. And, um, yeah, that was exciting. Exciting stuff.
0: It was... It was an absolute emotionally draining experience. Let's go. Let's go chronologically. Let's talk because there were some things that were baffling. There were some things that were promising, and the way that the team responded to get to three and zero for the first time since I think 2015. Jesus, it's been a while. Was extremely impressive. However, let's start at the beginning of the game. Florida State, uh, Louisville gets the ball first. They get a three and out uh and florida state immediately spawn. Uh, they respond they score it's seven nothing guys what did you think of the initial game plan with jordan travis who looked absolutely fantastic until the lower leg injury i don't think we really know what it is but it's something that looked like it was very serious uh we'll see how long he's out obviously we'll wait for mike norvell to tell us about all that stuff but what do you guys think about the Knolls' offensive and defensive game plans coming out of the gate adam go ahead
2: I'll touch on the offense and then I'll let Kev talk about the defense a little bit. I get a little bit (laughs) negative here.
0: I thought earlier on
2: they they were smart, Louisville stacking the box defensively. They, they were spreading them out, looking to throw the ball to loosen it up. And then I thought that they got a little bit too pass happy. I thought that they, I I felt like the running game was there. They were presenting you with some um, opportunities to, to run the ball either on outside zone or inside zone. I didn't like the counter stuff in this game necessarily because it was going to be slower developing and they were doing a lot of slanting up front. Um, so I, I thought they had opportunities early to want to run the ball or the, to, to run the ball and they didn't take them. They were throwing them. They got a little pass happy. I think that they put themselves in some positions. They're going down and throwing and scoring. So it's tough to really be overly critical of that. Sure. Then the first couple Jordan, drives. Yeah. The Jordan injury happened and then all hell broke loose. So, um, I thought they had a chance to run the ball a little bit more early, maybe take a little bit of pressure off of Jordan, but he was balling his behind off. So, um, hopefully he's not out too long. There's some rumors out there about maybe what's going on. We'll see. Uh, obviously Mike Norvell's not the best about talking about injuries. So I'm not sure we'll ever get a real answer from him, but we'll see how long Jordan's out for Kev coach speak. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to hear that talk I, about the defense. I,
0: I, before we get to the defense
1: because there <laughs> were
0: there were some legitimate <laughs> things that were <clears> The <throat> I I guess I'll say I understand the initial game plan, the philosophy. I <laughs> it took a while for us to get our heads out of that headspace. However, we'll get to that in a second. Teaser for the guys in the biz. Adam. <laughs> yeah. Offensively, Jordan Travis looked absolutely fantastic with the passing. It looked like it was going to be like a 62 to like 57 game. Not exactly what we want, want a way. better performance, but my goodness, I, I agree with you. And it's very interesting to see how the game turned out, how it was won, you know, with the mm-hmm. situational throws of Tate Rodemaker. But guys like Trayshawn Ward, a guy like Trey Benson, who had a rough, very rough start to this game, a very yeah. nice finish, yeah. and then Lawrence Toafili. It was interesting, like <laughs> how the game ended with the reliance on the ground. But
2: yeah, I assume we're going to talk. Yeah, I assume we're going to talk about it more. We chronologically. I'm just trying to just talk about the beginning of the game, but right. I thought I thought that Louisville found something on tape that they thought that they could take advantage of with a lot of the movement stuff they were doing. Their quickness really uh really gave FS lots of problems. Um they struggle with it. They struggle with with some of the movement and some of the slanting. And then on the edges, I thought I didn't think we blocked their their ends very well at all. Um, yeah. Especially the Diaby kid. Well he's really good or young man. He's not a kid. He's really good, but I, I thought we struggled to block him. Um but ultimately, I mean, they fought their butts off. And somebody in ARS in the chat said that the don't overanalyze the game was one with guts. I mean, yeah, well, that's what it really boiled down to. They were getting beat. But you look at them. The entire
0: the, first the, half, the entire first half. And I think it's something that Kevin's going to touch on. I, I don't know if it's uh, obviously we hate to analyze soft factors and we're not going man. to. And we look at the film. Energy wise, it did not seem like they matched no. the energy of the home team immediately in the trenches where mm-hmm. it, it looked like FSU, at least from everybody pregame thought they were going to have a decided advantage. Yeah. I thought that Florida State was getting kind of owned in the trenches and that's on both mm-hmm. sides starting yep. off. Yeah, and, I that, and that team responded. There was that whole talk of response, adversity. And of course, we we're talking about coach speak. It's really shown itself so much in these three games, man. It is actually, I mean, we're going to talk about the how and the why, but the fact that they were even in the position to respond to the way they did, the mentality of the team, it, it, light years, light years different. I cannot believe they won this game still. I'm in shock.
2: It's completely different, right? I mean, they it's night and day from where they were. <laughs> I, I, look, I, I in a nutshell, you look over at Louisville – you see Jarvis Brownlee Jr. throughout that second half, getting Circle. getting yeah. absolutely owned by Johnny Wilson. Um, hope he's hope he's hope he tweets about that tonight. Uh, <laughs> so Jeez. I mean, he's getting owned by J- Johnny Wilson, and his response after every play that he's getting—I want to say a worse word—but owned. Owned um, is
0: good enough. We'll take. Owned yeah, for this there's for one this with a W. I'd
2: like to say, but uh, every play he's getting destroyed. And you just see him, he, he pouts, he puts his head down, he's pointing, you know, he's just pointing around. You don't see that on Florida State. You don't right. see that anymore. So it, it just speaks to what, you know, what you're getting out there. Their response, their ability to just kind of buckle it up and go to the next play every single snap. It's it's something that uh not every team can do. Really good teams, you know, championship teams are the ones that do do it. I'm not projecting no, no, no. a championship, but – That's it's the thing the championships teams do when they have that talent, they can push to a championship. It's nice to see them have gotten to this point and it's what Mike's been preaching since 2020. And it's good to see we're finally there.
0: I I agree hundred percent. We're going to get there for sure. Kevin, I want to talk to you about Florida state's defensive response. I thought to me, the story of the game in the first half is that Louisville's offensive line. I don't know if it all gelled or whatever, but I thought they were pushing Florida state around. A lot up front. So, Kevin, at least in the first half, talk about Florida State. What do, you, what do you think they were trying to accomplish? What they completely did not accomplish? And then let's, like, weave that into the second half and see what, what changed in your mind, if anything.
1: Are you talking offense or defense? I, uh, our
0: defense against Louisville's offense. Okay.
1: So, our defense. Um, yeah. So, I kind of talked about it in the preview. And you kind of have two options here. Uh, they wanted to play a lot of man, and they did. Um, and then when you're playing man, you can either stick with one safety up high or you can stick with two. Um, if you stick with two safeties up high, that means you have to have one of your linebackers spying the quarterback. And all night we saw Kalen Deloach spying, uh, Cunningham and it just wasn't working. Uh, Cunningham was getting yardage. Kalen Deloach was consistently taking bad angles. He's an athletic linebacker, but he cannot keep up with, with Cunningham. Um, I think by the end of the second half, you saw them more and more getting a little bit more aggressive, bringing pressures. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, I mean, if you're going to sit in too high and maybe even play some cover four, you're going to let Malik Cunningham have those short completions that get the offense going. You're going to kind of let him run the ball on a spy. If you bring a safety down, yeah, you're risking being beat deep, but I didn't didn't think they have the receivers to beat you deep consistently. Um, And then you can have a safety spying Malik Cunningham instead of a linebacker. So um, they never really made that adjustment. I I had a problem with that. I felt like you wanted to shut down Cunningham in this running game as much as possible. I don't think they did a good job of that. I don't think they did a good job putting their players in a good position to shut down Louisville's running game. And then it didn't help that your defensive tackles were getting pushed around in the first half big time. Adam, what are you thinking? Well, I thought that
2: (laughs) early on, Louisville was showing you that they could beat you down the field. Um, And I kind of got – I kind of understood them staying in that two shell uh, earlier in the game. But then Wiggins got hurt, and guys kept going down their receiving core. And I kept thinking, all right, it's time to bring pressure. It's time to bring pressure. And it just never came until the very end. And when you saw at the very end he started bringing pressure, they started getting stops. Yeah, I I asked Kevin to share this. Rising Spears doing a – let me let me find it exactly. So I say this correctly. Rising Spears asking for people to sign up. uh Rising Spear hundred dollar gold membership on sale now for thirty dollars for the next forty eight
0: hours. Ooh, seventy percent off. That's a great if percentage. If you're yeah. if you're not if you're not giving
2: a Rising Spear, please think, consider doing so. Anyway, yeah, back, to me back to give your money. Give your money.
0: Give your money. Give money.
1: We don't get paid right. by them to say that.
2: No. We no. Do. Once once guys started going out, I thought it made sense to bring a safety in the box to start playing pressure. Um Kalen played an awesome game, but I didn't think he I didn't just didn't think he could handle keeping up on Malik because not many guys can. That's not a knock. No, no not no, many not guys are gonna keep up with Malik Cunningham. But you gotta tip your captain Malik Cunningham too. That dude played just about a perfect game until the very end there. Um now is that yeah. because of the pressure or is that because uh, well, he just kind of fell apart, whatever.
0: I don't know. It kind of lines up with what you just said. Like, he played a perfect game until the end, until the defensive philosophy switched. I mean, I I, I didn't understand. I'm glad that they finally made the difference. And I do think that there was an energy difference. You could see from the lackadaisical tackling, some of the weird angles they took. Like, the first half was just very off from a defensive performance standpoint. However, I do... I just I don't know why it took so long for that defensive like calling philosophy to switch because Cunningham was beating you anyway when you were playing that more conservative defense. I wanted us to get aggressive earlier because at least in between the big plays that were happening, no matter what the defense was playing, you'd at least get some negatives in there to mix it up. Now we finally got there at the end and it was a winning performance across the board with Tate wrote yeah. quarterback, which is just crazy. Right. So it was a winning performance. I just wish we would have switched the methodology up a little bit earlier. Is there any reason why, um, Am I maybe simplifying it too much for you two guys? What do you think? Do, do you think there's maybe a reason why we didn't switch the defensive philosophy mindset up earlier?
1: I mean, I think uh, you look at the strength of your defense as the, the front six, and you're going to trust them to stop the run and slow okay. down Malik Cunningham. And you see the weakness being your secondary, and so you want to yeah. have, have two safeties back to help your secondary and trust your defensive line. And your defensive line was getting beat. So at a certain point, okay. you can't trust them.
2: This a team that's been killed by, especially against Louisville, by big chunk plays over the last couple of years. Yeah, it's true. I get, I get being, that being in your in your head, and sure, wanting to defend against that. Um, I thought, I I, I thought Adam really did a good job late in the game, in those last couple of drives of going out and being more aggressive. He started bringing, he started bringing bounding uh, corner pressure. He brought a field corner pressure one time, I think. Yeah, um, you're right. He, he started doing more stuff and. I mean, the results kind of are what they are. They started getting stops. Kind of game speed got a little wild, and the ball started sailing.
0: And it is a direct contrast to what happened at the end of the LSU game. Obviously, this game looked totally different, but from the end of the game, situations were wildly different as well, right? Because Adam Fuller was taking a lot of grief, deservedly so, for the way that the end of that LSU game was called. The way that the end of this Louisville game was called, completely different. They handled the end of the game situation in a – an extremely pressure packed environment, <clears throat> much different with a much different philosophy And Florida state. I thought handled the end of this Louisville game markedly better than they did the end of the LSU game. And it was a, it was a philosophy switch. So let's talk about Kevin. I want to talk to you. Jordan Travis gets hurt. I think I tweeted out, ah, darkness, my old friend, welcome to doomsday. The dark void is showing us upon the face. I was very Nietzschean. It was very Friedrich Nietzsche. It was a nihilist when that, because I thought the game was over. And depending on how many weeks Jordan Travis is out, as is the season, it follows.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What did Mike Norvell do to get Tate Rotamaker into the flow of this game and honestly utilize? I mean, the bad plays were very Tadian. They were bad. But my God, the highs were high, my brother. Like, what did did he do? Was there a switch in philosophy? And what are the strengths of Tate's game? Tate fan number one, 69-420, Kev Little, 467.
1: All right, so you can't have a pocket-passing quarterback if you don't have receivers that win one-on-one. Florida State has a receiver that can win one-on-one. His name is Johnny Wilson, and he did He did. So what they were doing is they were basically saying, well, Louisville's going to sit here, and they're going to uh bring a safety down late and uh florida state's gonna rpo him so they're gonna run a slant and if this safety comes down into the box then they're gonna throw the slant if he stays back then they're gonna hand it off and have a have a numbers advantage Mm -hmm. what happened was after the first drive florida state got completed a couple of those slants drove down scored a touchdown Louisville started slow playing the safety and then bringing him down quickly after the snap. Okay. Um, So that kind of stalled the drives for the next couple of drives as they ran a couple of RPOs that just, just got stopped because now Louisville's got that extra person. Right. So what Florida state decided to go to then was to just pure play action. it. Right. Don't even give the read option. They know he's going to come down late and now you've got, you've got that one-on-one with, with Johnny Wilson and you have to trust that, your offensive line can give you time to make a play action and hit that deep ball with one-on-one coverage. And and he did. And he made the throws he needed to make. You simplify the reads because you're not even giving an option. You're putting one receiver onto a lonely side and saying you're gonna have man coverage. Don't have to read the field, just throw a beautiful ball. And we all know that we all know now. I, I knew this before, but he throws a beautiful <laughs> Stun ball. Stun on him, Kev. Stun it's on him, just, baby. I think that the the key with him is you he's not going to be able to read the field. And he hasn't been able to show that he can read the field, make the reads easy, give them tough throws, easy reads. And he showed that he can make that. And so as long as Jordan Travis is out, that's probably the offense. You're going to see, you're going to see as long as they're going to keep two safeties back, we're going to run the football. If they roll a safety down, well, now you've got to have a cornerback that can man up on Johnny Wilson and good luck with that. It is interesting. It's like
0: simplify, cut the field in half, you know, a Tate, this is your throw make the tough throw. And honestly, like ball placement location wise, when it's not an ambiguous decision, when he knows what he's going to do with conviction, he puts the ball in a decent location, which is crazy because he (coughs) threw one of the worst interceptions I've ever seen in my life in the first half. But my God, when the kid knows where he's going to go with the football, he throws it with some zip and he puts it exactly where the guy needs to be. It's just, it's such an interesting game to watch. Adam what was your assessment of the play in the trenches? I thought in the first half, Louisville owned it. I thought mm-hmm. that Florida State had a lot of deficiencies, and we'll see if the film will 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 fortify this opinion that I have. Yeah, but I thought yeah. at right tackle, I thought we looked really porous in the first half. What did you think? Give me your assessment as the trench guru. What did you think of Florida State's play in the trenches on both sides of the ball?
2: Yeah, I. I we'll start on the offensive side. I I thought that, that you mentioned Jazz I, a
1: rough I game not, I thought. Yeah, I, I really thought a rough game.
2: Yeah, I didn't think he played well, especially on some of the outside zone stuff. He got in space and kind of looked lost. Um that, that was concerning. And didn't hold up great in pass protection either. obviously this is again, this is an instant reaction. We're going to get a chance to go back and watch it a couple times
1: mm-hmm. and give
2: some more thorough thoughts um as we watch the uh the the, the film review. Um, I didn't think Robert Scott played particularly well either uh, just on first watch. I thought the, again, and I said it earlier, I thought that they struggled with the, well, they struggled with the movement, the speed, the agility uh, of the front for Louisville. I thought it was very, very, um, very troublesome for them. I thought they looked slow, slow footed kind of in cement against that front. I did think that they moved the interior of the line when they started getting downhill and, I don't know why they didn't do that more. The counter stuff was just too slow, yep. too slow developing for them, especially right. with Tate in there because nobody respected Tate as a runner. Um, So yeah, obviously with Jordan in there, it's a little bit different of an offensive line because you have to account for him <coughs> when he goes it wasn't out getting
1: pushed in the first half either.
2: No, no, it wasn't again. They were trying a lot of the slow developing stuff. Counters are play. They were really wanted to try to get it going. It wasn't there. Um, they were they were committed to stopping that play, uh, defensive line wise. It was kind of a valiant effort. They just people are going to people. Are, I, I see Dartwick is saying pass rush this week. They weren't rushing the passer.
1: Yeah, they were getting playing. up the field. They were getting right. up the
2: field to a point and and looking to contain Malik Cunningham. It didn't work. Um, that point blank, it just didn't work. I don't think they have the athletes up on that front, especially without Fabian Lovett. and then Jared Verse goes down. Um, Patrick Payton came in and played a tough valiant. You know, he played a tough game. Uh, that's you know you're not wanting to get a lot of snaps out of him, but you you were asked, you're forced to, you're forced to play Leonard Warner to um, tonight. Stepped it, up,
0: stepped yeah. up though. Yeah. A very like you said, I think you were going <laughs> to say valiant, but yeah, a real actual yeah. valiant effort. I will say, I will the, say
2: the the interior has been a disappointment for me though. I don't think that they I don't think that they are as good as tonight, what we or, overall? They
0: were tonight overall, or overall. Tonight or I didn't think
2: they were great last week against LSU either.
0: Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So um they're they're a concern for me. Disagree.
2: I don't think that they play I don't think they stop the run as well as they need to.
0: There were a couple times on like fourth and two, third and five, where I really thought Scott Satterfield was going to lean on like some inside yeah. zone, some inside runs. Man, he's an I, idiot. Yeah, he's he kind of sucks a little bit. Thank you yeah. for sucking. Finally, I mean, enough for us to beat you. We we appreciate it, and we will take it. Yeah, fire him into the sun, dude, and in, into into some moon off Jupiter. Um, let's talk about the positive progression, mm-hmm. guys. Mike Norvell knew from the first half on. Tate Roadmaker's my quarterback. I'm seven points down. I've got to win with him. When everybody in the entire world was saying he cannot play, he is not a functional football player. I don't care what you're saying now. At the time, everybody was saying Tate's not a functional football player. Take him out, throw A.J. Duffy in there, or run like a weird wing tee or a triple option or something like that. They said he could not play football. He cannot finish this game. Not only did he finish this game, he finished this game while being down on the road and making some very, very interesting, great throws, what happened? Did Mike Norvell call the game in Tate's favor? Like, what? What was the difference? What did we? Yeah, I think I, I think I
1: already went yeah, over you... that a little bit. They simplified the reads. They gave him easy reads and tough throws. He made the throws. I don't agree with bringing AJ Duffy. I think Norvell's the kind of guy that wants a quarterback that's been in his system for a minute. He wants a guy that can that can audible run plays and get them into the right uh get them into the right formations, into the right plays and I think that, you know, uh Rodemaker's been that guy. He's been here. And so I think that's what's giving him leeway. So where the rest of the world sees these dumb decisions and dumb throws that he does make, uh the reason why Duffy's not playing is because Duffy is no, a, he, he's not ready. He's not ready. Not, uh, just not ready because he's got a four star by his name doesn't mean he's an automatic star quarterback.
0: There's varying degrees, right? There, there's yeah. difference between uh there's difference between like a four-star guy and a guy that's like a ready-made starter like a Justin Fields <laughs> or like a Quinn Ewers or what whatever those guys that are those generational talents like Trevor Lawrence is. AJ Duffy's a very talented prospect there are very few talented high school prospects that can just get inserted seamlessly into the college game
1: and those so, guys need to have an offense built around them correct. you haven't so you're done that with AJ right.
0: Duffy. good point that's a really good point i mean the
2: the staff the sta- what Tate did tonight the staff thought he could do
1: they've seen and him they've do it every had, day in practice
2: that him of doing this this is not a shock to them um the shock to them is when he goes out and absolutely shits the bed if if we're being completely honest, I, mean, I, I thought it was a poop it.
0: bed. I, I'm shocked because I no. thought the bed I mean, they, was gonna be covered. I think they knew, what the entire they knew the
2: it was in there, but they didn't go get somebody for a reason. They thought that this was what Tate could do. They they showed faith in him tonight, and it paid off for him. I mean, and now you've got an opportunity to spend a week game planning for the young man. I, I don't think it ever made sense to put AJ Duffy in. He, he he hasn't been in the system long enough. He he hasn't shown anything as a passer leading up to this season. Um, he didn't throw the ball a ton at IMG last year. He hasn't thrown a ton of the ball a ton since his <coughs> sophomore year in high school. You're yeah. just going to throw him in there? It, it makes no sense. I don't understand
1: people's rationale star,
2: with AD. wanting to see A.J. Duffy at this point. Give him the year. If, if he gets forced in because Tate now gets hurt, whatever. Oh, but give him the year. Let him Adam, do don't that put that it out throat. there, my
0: brother. Don't huh? put that out in the ether. No, whatever.
2: It is what it is at this point. Yeah. All right. Uh, we got to talk about the goal. Yeah, the goal okay, line's okay. coming up. I want to see, see Kev's head explode. I, before you it, go, before you go, Kevin,
0: For whatever reason, ESPN, this is a (laughs) primetime environment. All eyes on this game. For whatever reason, the fact that ESPN does not put their best and brightest on this game, I have no idea. This announcing team of uh, Ryan Teapot and Andre Scare, they covered themselves in dishonor multiple times throughout the broadcast. Before we talk about the goal line situation that Kev is, he's, He's pushing his hair back that I don't have in his very gentle way of frustration that he has. However, that announcing team sucks. And many of the things that they say on football are inaccurate Mm. and they made no sense. And they had no idea who Florida state was. And many of the things that they said were very stupid. The goal line thing did rub a lot of people the wrong way. You're getting a lot of yards on the ground with Trey Benson and Sean Ward through straight runs People want to know why you do the White Rector thing, why you do the Micah Pittman thing. I can already tell that I agree with what you're going to say, Kevin. However, expound, my friend, on why you did, why you did or didn't have an issue with the play calling at the goal line that did result in seven points after third down.
1: Yeah, I think first of all, if Andre Ware is informing you of your football opinions, don't do it, guys. Don't fall for change it. your mind. You, you guys are wrong. Um, Look, you've got a quarterback that you probably haven't run a lot of goal line practice with, a lot of under center practice with. You just played a game where mm. freaking everybody and their sister criticized you for running the slightest risk of a play on the goal line in a <laughs> need-to-score situation. So what do you do? You do the smallest risk play possible. It's a dive, say, baby. It's a dive. Literally under center quarterback sneak there is like zero percent chance of a fumble in this situation you need one yard over three downs there is nothing wrong with a quarterback sneak with a guy that's played quarterback in high school which clearly Andre Ware had no idea about (laughs) who's probably taken more under center snaps in practice than Tate Rotermaker, who's probably not getting a ton of goal line snaps like I said that is the safest play you could possibly do with one yard to go on a play that they've scored before in
0: a game situation. That exact play they've scored before on it. Uh, right? I think
2: they score on it twice.
0: Yeah. A multiple times. Like it, it was very strange to hear the Andre Ware reaction to something that has been in the playbook, the arsenal of a Mike Norvell offense. And then the Micah Pittman thing, he got all butthurt about, but it was like, listen, they do. Tate Rotomaker's in the game. They didn't respect his running ability. They didn't respect any zone ability. It's whatever. You get out of the you get out of the 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 congested tackle box with a guy who's a really tough runner on the goal line. I didn't get it. And then you dial the play to Johnny Wilson. You score immediately afterwards. I didn't understand the hubbub of the goal line sequence of events. <laughs> red zone opportunity that scores. jet
2: jet sweep is a great play on the goal line Pittman scores if he keeps running he tried to cut it
1: up yeah exactly man yeah, I,
2: I I thought there was a lot of stupidity around that that whole conversation but hey Dude, you
1: know it's a freaking quarterback sneak with a guy that played quarterback i don't understand it is not a gimmick we run it all the time <laughs> We have it's only a gimmick because he's it. not watched a single second of Florida State football before this game.
0: Well, no, at that point, he was waiting for Fabian Lovett to still be in the game. Um, yeah. it was absent. What do you guys have against him doing his job? I, I prefer him to do his job correctly and be involved. Yeah, on I just the don't like he's watching. I don't
2: like inaccurate and inna- inaccurate narratives. That's all. Uh,
0: preparation there is one of the best, you know what? I'm gonna say the cool. best wrestling announcer in the game, Kevin Kelly. Me- New Japan Pro Wrestling Star and huge Florida State alumni and fam. Kevin, if you're watching, I love you. There is a there's a level of preparation in the guys who are the best of the best. And that was severely lacking. Yeah. Severely lacking in this game. I,
2: and we're addressing it. There's some people. Why are we talking about it? We're addressing it
1: because it, it's been asked like 8,000 yeah, times. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's why. Yeah, that's why. When when an announcer says something overtly negative, it tells all the viewers that that was a bad thing. And then we have to sit here and hear it all the time. Like we will spend the next week hearing so many people tell us that that was the stupid decision because Andre Ware said it was a stupid decision.
0: And it's like a John Nash mathematical equation. It wasn't the perfect play call, but Jesus Christ, it was not like two or three indefensible play calls in a row on a red zone opportunity. Where you scored. I don't understand. However, I think let's move off of that. The second half. Adam, let's let's wrap this up. We're at 34 mm-hmm. minutes. Maybe we'll take some questions. What was the most impressive thing to you of that second <laughs> half response of a game that guys, Florida State's 3-0 and we won it? And I still I I'm maybe starting to solve the Rubik's Cube of how we did it. I still don't really know. Adam, to you, what was? Oh my God. I hope that's the real Lawrence Toofili, Polynesian I power. Player. I respect you. He- oh, is it Mr. Toofili? Mad respect. I love you guys. I love Polynesia. I love your son. He's a wonderful running back. Anyway, Adam, mm-hmm. second half. What was the most impressive thing? What is the story of the game, in your opinion, before he answers some questions?
2: It's got to be Johnny Wilson, right? I mean, God,
0: my how, Lord. He stood up the entire game.
2: He, he, he took over the football game. They, they found ways to give him the ball. I mean, he just, yeah, I don't know how it's anything but Johnny Wilson, um, making, making Jarvis Bradley look
0: idiotic, which who can't be, who can't be happy about that right now. Um, 149 yards on seven receptions, 21.3 yards per and two touchdowns. Johnny Wilson, thou hast arrived.
1: Yeah, there's a reason when I did my season preview, Johnny Wilson was the first name out of my mouth as a player. The kid's ceiling is so freaking high. And you saw you saw it. I mean, shoot, if the kid's catching that catching contested balls, he's six foot seven and runs like a wide receiver. That's insane.
0: Bullying him, dude. Bullying him. And it was fantastic. So, guys, I'd hate to We'll get to some questions, guys. Start throwing your questions in the chat. We will address them. We're playing with house money. I love you. Oh, my God. It is Kevin Kelly. My man. Here. best wrestling announcer in the biz. <laughs> love you, too, brother. Listen, the king of preparation, the prince of preparation, the god of the sport of kings, Kevin Kelly. Love you, brother. Listen. Guys, we're playing with house money right now because my God, who would have thought that we would have won this game with Tate Rotomaker starting an entire half with a deficit on the road. What are we expecting for the next however many weeks Jordan Travis is out, guys? I mean, like, let's just do a roadmap of the next four games. We're playing against a Boston College team that is definitely not as good as we thought. Preseason, I mean, could with Tate Rotomaker, could we go two and two? Like what, what are you guys thinking? What are you looking for in the next coming weeks? Cause man, Florida state is three and I I don't think really anybody on the beat predicted us to be three and after this first three games. And it was a strange way we got there, but Jesus Christ, boys, we are here and I am soaking it in.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think BC's a game home eight o'clock. Uh, I think that that's a game that I don't, I don't, pro- I don't ever say you're penciling games in as wins. Cause I don't believe in that in football. But I think that's a game that you can go win with Tate at quarterback. Wake's a game you're probably going to have to win a shootout. We'll see.
0: Um, Tough with Hartman. That's
2: tough with Hartman back, for sure. Their defense is about as good as Louisville. So we saw what just happened uh, uh, tonight. Uh, Not going to rule that one out. Could be a battle of two ranked teams uh, in Tallahassee. (sighs) Maybe college game day makes its way down. Who knows? Come Uh, on, baby. Give it to me.
0: Give it to me.
2: and, And then, obviously, NC State and Clemson. Uh, are gonna be tough games Buzzsaw. to win. Yeah. Yeah. They're gonna be tough games to win. That that wake NC State Clemson stretches was always gonna be tough, no matter what. So it's still tough. So maybe you're four and three coming out of those three games, you know, maybe Jordan Travis is making his way back. Fabian Lovett getting back in there. Who knows? Uh we'll see kind of see where everybody's at here over the next couple weeks. But um yeah I think you got a I think you got a shot at think you got a pretty good shot at being a one and one and three in those games. And you never know. I mean, if Tate continues to make plays and progresses, we're seeing that this football team is capable of finding ways to win and win, you know, close games. uh, And that counts for something. So
0: I'm I'm not going to,
2: I'm not going to count them out of anything.
0: Adam Brown. I'll it's a winning football team with Tate Mm -hmm. Rotomaker as your quarterback. And nobody would have said that preseason
2: ever, ever.
0: So I think in and of itself, that's a huge development. That is massive. You can win games with Tate Rotomaker in a hostile environment when you're already like at a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. That's crazy, man. I mean, the kid's game has limitations, but the things that he's good at, there's winning football to be found because we grabbed it tonight. Kevin, do you agree with a lot of what Adam said? Anything else you'd like to add before we start answering some questions?
1: Yeah, realistically, those are gonna be the probably the best three teams you play back to back to back. Um Yeah. And uh I think that's that's tough. That's a tough that's a tough draw. Um <laughs> I think you should beat Boston College. I think that should be a game you should go in and win. Hopefully that gives enough rest for Jordan Travis. Um mm-hmm. I think we all saw that Tate has the capability of being a really solid guy to come in on a, at a pinch. Um but Right now, it's just like uh, your best chance to win is with J- Jordan Travis and Jared Verse on the field, and um, you need those two guys to to be able to to beat teams like Wake Forest and, and Clemson and NC State. So, uh, hopefully, they can get back. Hopefully, they can get healthy. And um, Boston College, uh, yeah, Boston College uh, is is not going to be the the most tough team you play. So, it's a, a game you need to win if on your route to kind of bowl eligibility mm-hmm. here. Yeah. I think that's a fair way to put it, but guys
0: three and L the most (coughs) optimistic of the optimists, did not have us going to the Superdome, beating LSU back to back, beating Louisville on the road on a Friday night. This is a well-earned three. 0. Adam hit me with some good questions. Let's, let's talk to the people because we love you guys. We're here. We're experiencing it all with you. I, uh, my God, what a night, boys! Coach, all those post game presser opening. Give me some. Yeah. Give me. Give me some questions, Adam. Read me the all questions right. and let's go. A, a lot of
2: people want to know about. A lot of people want to talk about the kicker. Yeah, um,
0: he's bad. He's bad at football. Yes, I agree. Blake Miller. No.
2: A lot of different people are, are asking what what we can do about kicking. Uh, I, there's nothing. I mean, they're going to have to. They're going to have to try this freshman that they've got and see if he can make a field goal. Yeah. Um, it, it, not, yeah, he's not very good. It just is what it is. I don't want to kicking's not easy, but uh, yeah, it's, it's no, he's it's, not very good. And there's
0: there's such a huge mental aspect to it that no matter how good he could be, his Cotton Fitzsimmons' his mentals are absolutely ruined. <laughs> um, we'll see, man. Yeah, I think whoever you got on the roster can kick a ball, go ahead, or just go for just play the Madden offense and never have any mm-hmm. special teams. But yeah, the the kicking game is it's not existent. Where was Do Span Aces three five two says. That's an interesting question. Um, yeah. Do you think that he could have been integrated in the game plan a little bit more? I don't know. It's kind of tough, man. With the way Johnny Wilson was performing, you found a favorable matchup. I don't – I maybe he could have factored in more on, like, the the motion, like, running game. But I don't know if Deuce Span was incredibly missed. What do you guys think?
2: Uh, they look to really limit the um... – the wide receiver rotation. Put right your now.
0: phone down, you social Sorry, media diva. Brent, Brendan, nah, Brendan's trying to get me to. Well, he to can it, wait. So. Put it down, nerd. Don't um, have a bourbon and shut up. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, they they did seem to uh, narrow the the roster. The, the the rotation, rotation absolutely It was like yeah. a
0: playoff wide receiver rotation. Yeah, right. Not,
2: not sure. Not sure why that was. Um, didn't hear anything coming out of practice, but uh, yeah, they they did seem to narrow it down. So. We didn't see – I don't recall Deuce Band at all. We saw Darren Williamson on an end around that One time, lower. yeah. Yeah. Uh, other than that, it was Pittman, Wilson, Pokey, McLean. Um,
1: Man, Pokey maybe, missed that one block. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> um,
0: no, he had a good catch, good adjustment on the long ball. But, yeah, as far as, like, the receiving numbers, Wilson, like we said, at 150. And then Cam McDonald had two for 45. Wilson, Ontario, two for 38. McLean two for twenty-four wasn't a huge night throughout the air once Jordan Travis got out, besides no. Johnny Wilson.
2: I think that leads to this question.
0: Who would be in prime position to step up if they start doubling Johnny Wilson Maximus 1318 says <sighs> It's any, pokey, any right? of these I mean, yeah i mean absolutely yeah, yeah I, I think so or any of the assorted slot guys like a micah Pittman or something like that yeah. but yeah, yeah i think yeah. the first candidate's definitely ontario wilson who's his production has had a nice step up uh, mm-hmm. through the year next question kesna lawrence from youtube says is it time for Azariah thomas to get more snaps I'm interested to I'm interested to see what you guys think. I thought Renardo Green had a, an awesome game tonight. The one of my favorite pass interference penalties I've ever seen in the Just first waiting. couple drives. Yeah, dude. If you're gonna if you're gonna get the pi, earn it, truck them, bury him in the ground. But I thought Renardo Green had an awesome game tonight, yeah. and I feel like we'll see when we watch the film. Caveat: some of the defensive communication miscues got kind of settled up a little bit. What'd you Mm -hmm. guys think of the play of the secondary?
1: I thought it was, uh, surprisingly decent. Uh, I think this is probably going to be one of the, um, thinnest wide receiver rooms that you're going to play this season. And they still had a couple of injuries. So I think that probably helps, but, uh, they definitely stepped up at the end and, uh, made a few plays, especially on, uh, some mesh routes. And, um, and things of, of the sort to kind of clutch out the the end of game. I, I really don't think that they were your weakness, but again, you had safeties over the top of them, so they they were also getting help behind them.
0: I'm uh, interested. I, it's going to be a fun rewatch because there's a lot of instances where the wide receivers had huge pockets of space. I want to see how those. I want to see how those got there.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, same. I, I thought I thought Cunningham was
2: really just that good tonight. He, he that okay. one
1: pl- that one throw over uh, Tatum Bethune was just that was an insane throw. I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought he was just really
2: that good. So yeah, we'll we'll see it on the film review. Uh, here we go. I think this is a good one. Rooting interest tomorrow from Ricardo.
0: Hmm. Ricardo Castro from YouTube said, "What's the rooting interest tomorrow? I want A and M to lose to help with five-star r- wide receiver recruit, Hakeem Williams." but I can't bring myself to root for Miami. Ricardo, I am with you. I will never, ever, ever, ever root for Miami or Florida to win a football game. It doesn't matter what. I could understand how this is a fence post game for most people, but I personally, you cut me, I bleed garnet, I have the... I have the Greg Jones Dexter Reed highlight on my desktop like repeatedly. I watch it to put myself to sleep. I'm in Garnet and Gold and Nolly as they come. I cannot root for Miami nor Florida to win Here, any here's football what, game. Here's
2: what the root for six to three. Gross. Jimbo, game.
0: Runs, Jimbo runs the ball
2: 45 times and they throw for 30 yards. That's what the root for. And AM wins.
0: That's right. Six to three. And it's three safeties versus one field goal.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I think Florida State's going to pick up uh, Blake Nicholson in three days. He commits on the twentieth, and then I think on the twenty sixth, I think Hakeem Williams is going to choose the Knolls. Um Ooh, big news, Adam Brown. I'm going to get, I'm gonna get spicy. This is obviously a big weekend for him at AM. I know Pitt pulled out all the stops; they really showed him a really nice time. But I think I this is a. Out. I think right now it's a Florida State AM battle. Jimbo maybe he's going to wear his brown closer coat on the sideline who knows yeah the um,
0: poop jacket yeah permanti sandwiches are kind of dry jimbo's got the poop <laughs> jacket let's go no yeah
2: i think jimbo's done some damage though to his rep with the with that last
0: game so he's had better weeks in the public eye and this yeah. is coming from somebody better who better tried to fight minutes. a fan in Dope campbell anyway Kessler lawrence what did Tony White do in week one to have success that Fuller could not replicate with a better roster? I don't understand that question. So can you explain? Tony, Tony, to me? White's, a,
2: the, Tony White's a defensive coordinator for Syracuse.
1: Syracuse had oh. good corners and they yeah. trusted them and they blitzed yeah. the crap out of Louisville, put a ton of pressure on them. That's mm-hmm. what I was saying earlier. I kind of wish Florida state had done that um, because that was a blueprint to win, but Syracuse does have better, better cornerbacks than you. So, That game plan and their defense specifically just kind of played better into into stopping Louisville.
0: I think that's a fair question. It would be interesting to see that I do not think that Scott Satterfield called the Florida State game with Malik Cunningham the same way that he called the Syracuse game at Syracuse. So I think that that's a marked difference. Obviously, teams improve from week one to week two to week three, but I'm with Kessna. I, I I do think that the game plan was a little bit too passive, at least in the first half. And I think we could have switched philosophies, but we'll see. The film will tell the story. That's just yeah. my knee jerk reaction. I wish we would have been more aggressive earlier. So I think that's a fair question. I need this win in wrestling MMA terms. Okay. I got you. <laughs> Frank Trigg, Matt Hughes too. Matt Hughes gets brutally kicked In the testicles. Absolutely. Just one of the most blatant nutshots in the history of the world. Frank Trigg gets on his back, is going for the rear naked choke. Matt Hughes reverses the position out of nowhere in the most unreal, unthinkable, unimaginable comebacks in the history of MMA. This is the This is the gold and silver age of MMA. This is like we're talking about the Ultimate Fighter 1 stuff. Matt Hughes gets the rear naked choke, chokes Frank Trigg out after getting a dick shot of the highest caliber. And brother, I can think of many ways to describe losing Jordan Travis, Jaren Verse, and Robert Scott in the same way but I am not eloquent enough to describe it better than a shot to the dick. And that's exactly <laughs> what this was. And, and Florida state overcame a cock shot of the highest caliber yeah. and boys. And we won Frank Trigg, Matt Hughes too.
2: I think on that note, take us home, Trey.
1: Yeah. T- I think, I think we've talked about enough.
0: God, 49 minutes of an instant reaction. It just felt like a dream boys for coach Anna Brown, for Kevin little. I am Trey Rowland. Florida state is unbelievably 3-0 and with the Warrior, the Road Warrior, King of the Thunderdome, Tate Rodamaker.
1: King of the Thunderdome. Thank
0: you, George Georgiadis. I appreciate that. King of the Thunderdome, two men enter, one Tate leaves. The Tate of the Heisman, unbelievably, <laughs> we have won at Louisville. Florida State is undefeated, <laughs> going for a chance at 4-0. and I love it. I love you. We have instantly reacted. My God, what a ride! <laughs> Continue to go to Knowles twenty four seven, the best Florida State website in the history of Florida State or websites, and keep chopping. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well,
2: right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying.
0: It's the feel good movie of the year. You dig? What's Bob Marley, one law. Rated PG 13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.